Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Black here on Watchwatch Games. I'm your host, the Lightning Insider, Eddie V. Joining me is the Indie Insider himself, Mr. Dan Murphy. Hey Ed, how you doing? I am doing great. How are you? <laughs> how was good. your weekend? Good, good. We'd, uh, you know, Thanksgiving was fun. Um, I was I was back in Boston from like Wednesday to Saturday, so... Um, you know, I got to see all my family, uh, got to see a lot of friends. It was, it was a good time. Um, it's kind of funny, too. It's like last time I went home, I saw my friends just together. And then I come back and almost all of them have a kid that's like eight months old or nine months old now. So it's a, lot of, <laughs> wow. a lot of COVID babies popping up uh, up in Massachusetts. But it was uh, it was fun. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was good. I only I I worked uh half a day. Um, we were only open for like from nine to six. Uh, then at six o'clock we shut it down. <laughs> but I got to open up and be home by two. Um, ate good and fell asleep. Uh, in my work clothes. Uh, got to play some good some great games. And then did all my online shopping. Uh, at Best Buy. Um. Did <laughs> Saturday did some more online shopping <laughs> and pick my stuff up. Uh, so uh, which I have actually with me uh, some of the stuff that I snacked. Um, I got uh, Puyo Puyo Tetris two. Oh, uh, I got uh, Splatoon two. Uh, yes, oh, I know nice. I'm late to it. Uh, I actually I got- never played Splatoon. It's really, really fun. And since it was on a good, like, since it was like only $40, I'm like, oh, yeah, let me snag this up right now um, for it. Um, I got uh, Christ Tales. Oh, it's been on my radar. Yep. Uh, the Sky of Six. I have um, Shin Megami Tensei 3. Uh, it came in today. They had to ship it to me because it was nowhere in a, in a 250 mile radius. I'm like, dang it! I didn't uh, know they did. That was in uh, physical. I thought that was only digital. No, they did physical. Nice. Uh, oh yeah, clearly you're holding it. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, so the audience can see, uh, Ed's also holding up every game as he says them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I got. Uh, Crisis Trilogy Remastered for Xbox. Nice. Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla uh, for Xbox. Gardens of the Galaxy uh, for Xbox. Um, Resident Evil Village, finally, for Xbox. Ooh. And then my only PlayStation game, Lost Judgment. <laughs> uh, because... Uh, I have the first game, Judgment, for PS4. So I'm just like, oh, the sequel's on sale. Let me stack that up. Dude, got all of these games. I'm glad I got on Thursday night because throughout, by the time I went on their website again, none of those games was available. To, oh, or to wow. Buy. Yeah. So um, I also still coming in uh, with the Cruising Blast USA I got for Switch and then a 512 
micro SD card for my OLED. So nice. I am set. Yeah, I mean, I my all of my uh, <laughs> Black Friday sales are digital, and they were just like weird games um, <laughs> that I haven't <laughs> I haven't even touched. I mean, I got a a game that's just called Dog. Uh, it looks like you're a dog that jumps on anything, but mm. I mean. If you put a dog in a game, I'm going to buy it. And this other one was called <laughs> Cat Milk. It seemed just too weird not to buy. Um, <laughs> I think I've spent four total dollars combined on those two. Um, I got uh, Inside. It's made by the same creators as Limbo. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of Inside, but I, I loved Limbo. So I'm going to give these devs uh, my money again for sure. And um, Tetris Effect, which is like super chill and like kind of trippy a little bit, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you kind of just it, like you kind of get sucked into the music and like the lights and it, it's it's kind of wild. I, I, I really like it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, everybody, well, uh, since this episode is just me and Dan, uh, we're going to get into Snack Tendo. Dan, uh. Let's talk about what you've been snacking. Uh, what did you have for Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving was the usual. Um, but we kind of got into this debate in Thanksgiving. So, Ed, what do you prefer? Do you prefer the canned cranberry sauce, like the one that comes in like a jelly? Or do you mm -hmm. prefer the cranberry sauce that has like actual cranberries and is like, you know, almost more homemade? So I preferred the canned. Yeah, and the reason why I <laughs> the reason I prefer the can is is that I love eating cranberry sauce with my stuffing. Yeah, you know yeah. it's that the, the stuffing that it has that dry taste, but the cranberry kind of makes it a little bit loose, but it also gives it gives it some sweetness to it. So mm -hmm. I like mixing it up and everything. Because normally my mom she would make uh, yams or sweet potatoes to go with it, but she didn't do it this year. Because I would eat that with my dressing. But <laughs> the cranberry uh, gel, the the canned cranberries, I'll definitely prefer that. Yeah, uh, canned cranberries all the way. And I was on the minority in that. I mean, there was like twenty people arguing about this, and maybe three of us like the canned one. So <laughs> I, I think we're but right and they're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I think when it comes to cranberry, you want to do it like in punch uh, or mm -hmm. something. Cause like my mom, she will put some cranberry juice with some sprite in it, and then throw actual actual cranberries in there for extra flavor. No, I I think when you actually have cranberry, uh, it's just kind of like for extra flavor for it. Like I just can't see it as a food to eat with all of this. All, all the meat and all like if you got mashed potatoes or stuff and definitely if you got rolls and stuff you know you don't want you don't want any kind of like cranberry sauce on there because it just doesn't taste right right you know um so. and then the other thing was do you like pumpkin pie so I do like pumpkin pie. I will say that, uh, but I prefer sweet potato pie because that's what I grew up, grew up in, with in my family. But I do like pumpkin pie, yes. <laughs> All right, yeah, because so growing up in Massachusetts, we're surrounded by apple trees. They're everywhere. 
Um, yes. So it's like I never had pumpkin pie in my life until last weekend. And <laughs> I got to say, <laughs> I did not really like it. Like, I'm going <laughs> to apple pie all the way, man. Apple pie. Yes. And see, I, I can't do apple pie at Thanksgiving because of sweet potato, but I could do apple pie throughout the rest of the whole year. Um, I could do it in the summer. Uh, or I could do it definitely at Christmas time. I love doing it like during the holiday. I could do apple pie, um, that and pecan pie, and maybe Kurt, uh, caramel cake. Uh, but pumpkin pie, I think if I'm at somebody's house and they have it, I'll eat it. Um, but it's not like a thing that I go and search out for because it's weird. I'm like, why would you make pumpkin pie during Thanksgiving and Halloween just passed? You know, you would think that. Hey, y'all doing all this pumpkin spice stuff. How about y'all sell pumpkin pie throughout, you know, October? Mm-hmm. So. I, I've yeah, actually it, never had sweet potato pie. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so, it, it's, it, it's really, it's a, it's sweeter than, um, it's a little bit sweeter than, uh, pumpkin pie because you don't have to use that much cinnamon to it. It's more mm. brown sugar that you use than cinnamon. Uh, gotcha. So nice. Uh, and it just has a nice taste. Like when you see a when you see the sweet potato sweet potato that's a little bit burnt at the top, you be like, oh yeah, it's going to be good. Cause you know that like when you bite into it, it's so soft. It's mm -hmm. so not moist, but it's just like you bite into it and it just melts in your mouth. <laughs> nice. So, uh, was that it, uh, Dan? That's it for me. Uh, did you have? Did you guys have thir uh, turkey or ham or anything? Any meats or anything? Oh, it's always turkey. Always turkey. Okay. Uh, well, for me, uh, we did like I said, um, we did some cranberry, the uh, cranberry sauce. Uh, we did uh, actually salad, uh, a little bit of mac and cheese, some stuffing, uh, and we had a turkey, but we mostly ate ham this year. We didn't go full out on the turkey. Like my uh, mom, she got like a small little turkey thing, uh, but like she had this big ham cut into pieces with the uh, pineapple on it, and man, oh. Uh, I, I ate a plate and was gone. I think I slept for the next six hours. <laughs> Good, thought it was the next day. Be like, where am I at? <laughs> what is this world that I'm in? Uh, but that's kind of what we had. Uh, and today I kind of had I had a poke bowl. And oh, nice. Yeah, this one I actually had jalapeno and shrimp in it. Uh, so and it had like uh, salmon. And um, uh, uh, tuna in it, and then they had like the soft sauces, and I added some seaweed to it, and it was really good. It was spicy than a mug, uh, and cucumbers. I was shocked that they put cucumbers in. It. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Uh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, uh, the place, the Poke Bros. I've been going there lately, and so it's just like this is kind of becoming my like Poke, like my Poke Bowl spot, and everything. Uh, I've never been there. Is that kind of like a Chipotle style restaurant, like where you kind of go up and order what you want in the bowl? Yeah, 
So okay. they ha- yeah, so they do have it where it is a menu that you can pick what you want, or you can make your own uh, bowl. Uh, you just tell them what you want, and they'll make it, and then you you pay that fi- that whatever they charge you, and call it a day. Uh, and they sell my dough lemonade in like the twenty ounce. So I snack one. I love that dough lemonade. I would drink that. <laughs> I would take that mug to their head uh, and everything. Um, but yeah, that kind of that's pretty much my snack tendo. Nothing like no sweets or anything because. Uh, I know the Christmas stuff is out, but there's like nothing new Christmas-wise that's out that I need to taste just yet. Right. So, uh, we're going to move on from that. Uh, anything else or that's all the snacks? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. So uh, we we have some things in plans for uh, later on in the year, everybody. Um, just to give you guys a head up. And uh, December 13th is going to be our last uh, live recording for Nintendo Pop Lock. And uh, we're going to kind of be talking about uh, your end review. Uh, but I kind of want to ask you, Dan, uh, like, what do you think of Pop Block in general this year? I know this is your first time, uh, you know, like this year uh, you've been on the show recording it. But, like, how was your experience with Nintendo Pop Block? Yeah, so it was my first full year. Um, I think I joined Pawlock in October of 2020, September, October of 2020. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's been a fun year. I mean, we've definitely really grown as a podcast. Um, We've done so much differently from the beginning of the year until now, uh, especially with the way, you know, you structured the show and everything, doing news and doing the, um, doing the, the, the the game fact advance um it's been super fun talking to so many different guests as well uh yes. every guest brings like so much cool new insight to the table so it's always so much fun having them on um so yeah it's just been like a it's just been a fun year and i've been really happy doing pow block and i've definitely made a lot of friends throughout the year because of it yeah i I enjoyed this year um, having a lot of guests um, trying new do uh, new things like the uh, the list the uh, the list section where you're hosting it where we did the Mario ranking and the Zelda oh, ranking. Those are so fun. <laughs> those are so fun. Uh, do you know doing the uh, trivia sections? Um, everybody presenting their own game effect i i think what we did because this is this first year doing everything like that um we kind of had a uh a different structure of how we did power block and i kind of wanted to expand it on how you know we go about with the show because i i kind of felt like i wanted to do something different that other podcasts were doing for nintendo and i think we achieved that and it, it kind of looks like that everybody enjoyed it and definitely when <laughs> that time i said we we're going to do game effect events because of something else we was going to come back to it <laughs> and everybody was just like what are you doing i was just like we're going to come back to it we're just taking a break from it uh <laughs> It, and it, it's it's kind of like we got our structure, we got our flow, and like I said, talking to different guests, um, having people come on, even from different podcasts, and just having a, a laid back conversation and everything. So uh, I kind of I want to thank 
Corey. I want to thank Jacob. Dan, I want to thank you. I want to thank David uh, for coming on during the news. He's still on hiatus uh, as he continues to get some things done for school. Uh, I want to thank uh, Grayson, Lamont, uh, Laron, Jack, uh, Stephanie. Uh, last week, Lulu came on. Uh, Shane your comes on. Shane, uh, your guest that came on, like, thank you everybody for who came on to the show and like talk Nintendo with us. And thank you everybody for listening and uh, continue to listen and support uh, Nintendo Power Block because we couldn't do this show without you all. So I just wanted to, to say that because by just in case if I forget at the end of the year <laughs> that we do a shout out and everything. Uh, I just wanted to hear, like, definitely from you, uh, what did you think of Power Block this year? So with that, everybody, we're going to get into family news. Dan, take it away. All right. Uh, so upcoming releases. Last week was another cool release week. We saw... Um, Death's Door come to the Switch. And then this week we get Dagenrampa. Um, I think that's how you say it. Is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so they have one, two, three, four, four games coming out, and they all actually are all on physical. They have uh, Dagenrampa Trig Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition. Dagenrampa 2, Goodbye Despair Anniversary Edition. Dagenrampa V3, Killing Harmony um, Anniversary Edition. Dagenrampa S, Ultimate Summer Camp. Um, those are all coming out on Friday. This, By the way, this is, uh, if Austin, you're listening, this is a very Austin release day. <laughs> Six Souls yes. is a 2D platformer with 80 levels. Um, there's also Disney Magical World 2 Enchanted Edition. This is a Disney world building sim. And then the big one um, this week, and which is seemingly Nintendo's holiday maybe holiday release is a uh, big brain academy um which i'll definitely be picking up and there is a demo available on switch uh ed any of these speak to you well i got death's door um i'm probably going uh waiting for the doggo rapper series uh because i have it on playstation um but uh because i spent so much money for black friday <laughs> i'm holding off for buying it i'll probably get it next week stay thing with brain age i am going to get it but i'm not going to get it this week uh due to the fact like i said i spent i spent a lot of money uh so uh pretty much most of that i'm going to be getting next week but like death's door i do have and i bought the collection edition of death's door for special reserve for switch so i'm excited to get my copy i can't wait nice all right um so our first uh, real story is mario movie producer suggests that chris pratt will not be doing an italian accent um mario so the producer chris melandry has suggested that chris pratt's performance as a main character won't be using mario's usual accent and that the chosen voice is phenomenal uh speaking to two fab Mala Dandry was asked about the divisive casting choice, replying, all I can tell you is the voice that he's doing for us in Mario is phenomenal. Yeah, I can't wait for people to hear it. With regard to that performance, he suggested that Mario's normal tones might not be what we should go in expecting. We cover the accent in the movie, so you'll see we definitely nod to that, but that's not the tenor of the performance throughout this film. Um, 
so this story kind of <laughs> as usual it sparked anger uh something about chris pratt sparks anger um i personally couldn't care less that he's mm-hmm. not doing the mario accent through the movie um i know that uh Charles Martinet is going to be a part of that movie, so he'll probably be doing the wahoos and all that stuff. Um, yes. So, you know, as as far as Chris Pratt doing the voice, I, I'm going to hold reservations until I hear it. You know, I can't hate on something until I hear it. And maybe him not doing the acts, you know, the stereotypical Italian accent might just work. So, um, that I, I really don't care. How do you feel about it, Ed? I agree with you. We, I know we discussed this, and I'm like, I'm not gonna judge him until I hear it. I think I'm going to be more to the animation and seeing the comedy and see like how everybody plays off and everything. Um, I, I, it, to me personally, it's good that he's not doing the accent because some people will make you know kind of find it offensive, or some people will be um, wondering why is he trying to. Uh, why won't he just stick to his regular voice and everything? Um, you know, I think the anger is still sparking that they cast um, because of uh, some past things and opinions that he have about some people um, and some groups. Uh, you know, people could go and research that if they need to. Uh, I think that's what they that anger stem for it. Um, but I I kind of want to see what he does because I. We know that he's going to be voicing Garfield also. So I think he's going to do more of something. That. Yeah, I think he's going to do more something for Garfield because Garfield has a style to talk. Mario really doesn't have a style. You know, you that's can't that's do... That's a good point. Right. Like, you can't do what Mario does from the cartoon that's back in the 80s. Because a lot of people don't... We have not seen the Super Mario Brothers show or the other... or the, or the other ones that came out. So you really can't just judge him on what he's going to do. I'd rather him play it straight. Probably give him a little darker tone uh, because he is Mario uh, and stuff. Uh, and Chris Pratt has a big, a lighter voice. Uh, but other than that, I I just want to see what he does. And hopefully the movie is funny. The writing is good. The animation is top notch. And people go and see it and enjoy it and stuff. And I don't even, and I think by the time this movie even comes out, I don't even think people will be thinking about Chris Pratt's, uh, Chris Pratt's voice in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't even have a release date yet, so. Um, right. We don't yeah. even have a trailer. We don't even have a release date for a trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So again, like we don't know what the voices are like uh, or even how the movie's going to be, so. Um, yes. I mean, regardless, I'm I'm looking forward to it, so I'm not going to let that stuff get me down. So, anyway, let's move on to the next story. Uh, this one, Atlas brings 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim to Nintendo Switch on the 12th of April, 2022. Um, Atlas announced it will be bringing the critically acclaimed sci-fi epic 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim to Nintendo Switch on the 12th. This title by Atlas and Vanillaware is described as a dramatic experience blending visual novel, light puzzle element, and RTS, where the future lies in the hands of 13 young pilots and their sentinels. As a player, it's your job to unravel their stories and uncover the truth across intertwining narrative that spans across time and space. Now, um, 
I have never heard of this or played it, but when this trailer came out, uh, a lot of people sent it to me. And um, looking into it, this game looks awesome. I'm very happy it's coming to Switch. Uh, what do you think about it, Ed? So I own this game for PS4. I I it is one of those games that just came out of nowhere. It literally was on a lot of people's uh, game of the year nominations. Uh, definitely for role playing games. Um, I love Nellaware also. Um, they did Muramasa the Demon Blade for Wii. Um, that was the one where you had the three swords that you had to switch. Uh, and it's just very action-packed. So I'm glad to hear that this is coming to switch because the first thing that happened, like this really came out of the blue that Atlas said, Oh yeah, we're bringing this game. And the moment that everybody found out it was coming out, it was a rush of people saying please get this game please play it please get it please play it um and i think it's going to i think it's going to do a lot of wonderful sales for atlas um for with this game being on switch because it's going to get some notarization it didn't really get much on the playstation um probably because you know it was so low-key and it wasn't marketed well i think because this is coming to nintendo's platform a lot of people are going to be talking about it. a lot of people are going to begin the physical and like playing this game on the go and really enjoying it. So I'm excited. Um, and right now, it is the game of April for 2022. Like, no other game is competing with it at this time. So it is the leading game. So I'm excited. I am well, going to... Uh, like, <laughs> with how many with how many bangers are coming up for Nintendo in 2022, we don't know who's coming where. I mean, that could be Kirby's month too. You never know. That is true. That really is true. But like until we get a release date for Kirby, right now that game is leading. Uh, I, hey, I would take Kirby and Thirteen Sentinels on in April. Come through. There's uh, sixty bucks each. Give me, yeah. Give me these games. And I think we got um, Advance Wars in February, right? Yeah. That game is supposed to come out this week. <sighs> but <sighs> you know what? I'd rather have. I'd rather have it be a good game than a broken game. So, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, next up, we got uh, the last big update from Mario Golf went live on Tuesday, uh, and Nintendo just keeps seems to shadow dropping these uh, Mario Golf Super Rush updates. So apparently, this is the last big one. Uh, they got. Two new playable characters. They got Shy Guy and Wiggler. They added the Gorse Shelf Top Sanctuary. Um, from what I've played so far, I think it's an all par three course. Um, they mm -hmm. added the course All Star Summit, which is like it's 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 super cool. It just has like all of the classic like Mario illustrations as each uh, hole that you play on. Um, yes. Oh man. It, it, it's it's a huge course. I mean, par fours are like 500 yards, so it's, oh, wow. it's not. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, they got new modes: target golf. I haven't played target golf yet, but um, they have one-on-one -on -one putt challenge, which is an absolute blast. Like I have been, it's a really fun challenge, um, and it's a super cool thing to do. Just like if you want to play single player, um, mm. they did some balance adjustments on it as well and um this is kind of my favorite part too which is 
something Nintendo doesn't usually do, but they added medals to the main menu, which are basically like achievement trophies. Um, so far, there's just five of them. It, one of them is like completing all the one-on-one uh, putt, getting the two-star clubs for all the characters, finishing adventure mode. So there's really cool and good incentivizing challenges to get you to keep playing. Um, so what do you think, Ed? Did you, have you played this? Do you play Mario Golf? I have not. I have the game, and it's still in this package. I'm just gonna oh, no. admit, admit that. Yeah, I. What was I? I was playing something else. There's a lot of games that I still got in the package that I gotta get to. Uh, and it's it's only because of other games that I have been playing at that time. Trust me. I pre-ordered Mario Golf. I went and got the game at 10 o'clock in the morning at Best Buy. So I do have it. I just need to put it in my Switch, uh, do the update, and give it a try. I'm excited to play this game. Well, it's a good time to play now that it has all the big updates. But um, yes. I'm, I play it all the time. Like, I've been doing the, um, I've been doing the ranked matches every month to get the... You know, you usually get skins. We got like a hat for Boo or like different Yoshi or different Koopa Troopa colors. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been I've been playing it pretty consistently, and I actually have been trying to get uh, the two star clubs for every single character even before uh, these medals came out. So I'm kind of on my way, and this is these new courses are super fun. And now that this new update dropped, it seems like there's a lot more people playing. So finding matches has been easier and much more fun. Um, so uh, the only thing I got to like really question on this game is like, why the slow drip? Right. It's like, you know, this game came out in June. We're now in November. So it took like, you know, a good five months to just add Toadette, uh, Ninji, you know, they added about five or six characters. They added about four courses. And, mm. you know, it felt like a very light launch for the game. And I I think it kind of scared people away at the beginning. So, I don't know. How, like, do you think that slow drip was an intentional thing, Ed? Or do you think it was, like, they wanted to push it out? And I don't know. How do you feel about that? I, I think it's it's a slow drip because of them in Japan. They're still under uh, the the emergency, so they still can't really go back into the office uh, to work on a lot of these games. They're still working a lot of stuff on home, so they probably just had to. That that's probably still slowing things down uh, right now at this time. Um, you know, so that that's probably why they are taking their time with it um, to get it out. Normally, I think once Japan lets a lot of these businesses go back to the office where um, they could fully... Uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. <clears throat> Ooh, sorry about that. Where they could fully work on these games. Um, I think they'll, they'll be able to go in and just, you know, fully, like, ramp up the production schedule and get things out. Ugh. So. You can uh, just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that. I think that's going to be. Kind of. Uh, what's taking them so long. To uh, get things out. 
out of the way. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like it hurt them with this game because you saw people lose interest so quickly in it. And I think if they actually had a full game at launch, there would be so much more to do and there'd just be like, I don't know. I, 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 I just, I, I, I wish they waited because I'd, I'd really like to see more people playing this game, but it is what it is. So anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the next topic. Um, so Nintendo issues an internal response to Activision and Blizzard reports. Last week, a bombshell report from Wall Street Journal detailed the ways in which Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, 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 yeah. Kotick, both intervened to protect abusers at the company and allegedly acted as one himself. It prompted this outlet to demand his resignation and that of the executive team protecting him. It also prompted longtime Activision partners, platform holders, PlayStation and Xbox, to also send internal missives to employees expressing concern over Kodak's behavior and the ongoing harassment lawsuits against Activision. While both of these emails leaked to the public, no response from Nintendo had breached its fortified walls until now, as Fanbyte has received the company's internal response from a verified source. So, along... The note says, quote, along with all you, I've been following the latest developments with Activision Blizzard and the ongoing reports of sexual harassment and toxicity at the workplace, Bowser begins. I find these accounts distressing and disturbing. They run counter to my values as well as Nintendo's beliefs, values, and policies. Bowser goes on in the letter to explain that Nintendo is committed to having an open and inclusive workplace where all are welcome. He remarks the company holds itself to the standard and expects the same from the industry and their partners. So, oh, one more part. Though without detail, Bowser also says representatives at Nintendo have been in contact with Activision, have taken action, and are assessing others. It is not entirely clear what actions Bowser is referring to here or which ones they are still leaving on the table. Um, so that's kind of a loaded story, Ed. Uh, where do you want to where do you want to start with it? <clears throat> so I've been thinking about this, and I I, I have to say this. Um, I once we find out more of what happens, because I think the one of the biggest stories is going to be like if Bobby Kotick uh, definitely resigns. Um, I think everybody on every platform is going to be talking about it. Uh, you know. Um, Crossroads with Leron, uh, Corey, and the team at Arsenal X and us. We'll probably be talking about more of this if we find out that he uh, resigned. Because the thing about Bobby Kodak is that knowing that he wrote uh, this letter, knowing that he knew about this stuff and did nothing about it, just goes to show that, you know, you care more about your money and product selling did you actually care about the people who are making those products and the treatment that they are receiving and so with nintendo looking at nintendo we barely got any support from activision you know and so it's kind of like if if we lose bobby Kotick or we lose activision support it's not going to bother us like it would be for everybody else you know we got tony hawk lake we got crash bandicoot lake we got spiral the dragon lake and nintendo activision already don't kind of have a good uh a good not history a good business 
together because of us receiving games late, and it doesn't look like uh, we've been supported by Activision in any sense. Um, so I kind of just feel like at this point in time, if people feel like Bobby Kotick should resign and the people who really work for Activision wants them to resign, I think he should step down and resign. Um, what that would say about it, uh, it does, uh, to me personally, I don't think it still, fi- it doesn't fix the problem about the, about things. Just because you let somebody go, they're still going to get that check, whatever their contract is, and they're still going to be remembered it for it. And until that culture at that place actually changes, and you put people in, that's really going to make uh, employees come out and say, yes, we do see a change. We do see the difference. Um, I think that's when we'll know that a big difference has been made. And if they, in fact, the Vision Nintendo are discussing things that, you know, about still putting their products on their console and everything, they're really going to have to uh, really show why their why their games need to be on uh, Nintendo's platform. If Nintendo ends business with Activision, uh, I don't think it's going to hurt Activision, and it's not going to hurt Nintendo in the end or anything. But uh, that's what I f- I feel about this. Uh, and I know, uh, like Doug Bowser, you know, he put that letter out to an employees and then leaking. It just really shows that at least Nintendo said something. Um, I didn't know, and at that time, no one really questioned. Nobody really questioned Nintendo say anything, uh, due to the fact because of the support that Activision has been given to Nintendo. It has been less and less compared to the other platforms. Yeah. Um... You know, Nintendo's always so tight-lipped with everything, so even the fact mm-hmm. that this, like, came out is kind of wild, uh, right? But, um, you know, it, it it's nice to see that Bowser is standing up for, you know, his employees and wants people to feel comfortable at Nintendo. And I, they, they don't, it, it goes to show that Nintendo doesn't put these notes out for clout right they don't yes. care what other people think they just want their employees to know how they're going to be treated and how they feel at the company which is more important than anything um and, so, and we know that uh, we we know that because of animal crossing getting delayed and the employee uh, the producers and directors say that we want to make sure yes we want to work on this time but we want to make sure that we are giving our employees time off and everything that they are able that if they are healthy and mentally capable of doing this they care more about their employees than the product themselves so if they gotta delay something like animal crossing they'll delay it so they make sure that their employees are you know are focused um and definitely have the time off that they need it to come back and then make that game right um so yeah that's that's pretty much it um that's it for the news and we'll kick it back to you ed all right we're going to get into doc mode uh since we already focused on the big titles this year from metro dread to neo the world ends with you we haven't touched on the little ones this year so my fellow elite black agents dan <laughs> <laughs> let's discuss the indie games that came to the nintendo switch and if they push the industry for it let's go 
So yes, you know, this is uh we call you the indie insider because like you play a lot of indie games and when indies get announced, you be like, Yeah, here go the indie game. And I'll be like, I'm buying it, I'm getting it. And and we talk about it. Uh so what do you before we go on, you know, we kind of have some indie directs uh showcasing some games that's come that have came to Nintendo uh switch or that is still coming out uh, or some that's been delayed to next year um <laughs> but i want to start with you actually dan what did you think of the indie games this year so uh, this is probably going to surprise you but i i feel like we had kind of a weak year for indie titles mm-hmm. um last year and the year before well I, let me let me kind of rewind a little bit more i feel like 2018 was like the coming out party for indie games right celeste was that game that just like it broke open the trends everybody was playing it um and we, we saw a lot of people end up like playing more and more indies and with this uh indies got a lot more exposure nintendo started doing indie directs which uh, you know, I forget what it was called before it was indie world, but, um, you know, we've, we've just had so much marketing and branding towards indies and Mm -hmm. last year was amazing for indies. Like, you know, Evergate, Hades, Raji, those are some of my favorite indies, like of all time, really, uh, that I played for the first time. Um, I know Evergate was also 2018, but I, it didn't come to Nintendo Switch till 2020. Um, right. So, you know, this was the first year where I felt like it was a little light. Um, how do you feel about this year? Um, I kind of feel the same way, in a sense, that there were some great games. There were some great indies uh, that people talked about, and, you know, the trailers were all good. But it just felt like it left us wanting more you know mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't on the same level as some of the triple a games and some of the first party games in a sense there wasn't like a uh, to me personally there wasn't like a standout this year there was uh some changes you know to like we got some good diversity of indie games which is great we always welcome diversity in games but there wasn't like nothing standoutish you know like like to me when greed came out it to me it stood out as to personally for me the indie game when hades came out it was the indie game because everybody was playing it even though it had been on epic game store it came out and got nominations for a game of the year everybody was talking about it people were putting hours into that game must even after it came out and still people are putting hours into that game not just on nintendo's platform but on xbox and playstation you know uh it, it's kind of weird just to be like i i couldn't find that game that spoke to me as an indie game um as and as much as i love the games that came out there was nothing really just like, man, this is the one that we look do look forward to. Now, some people might say it takes two for other platforms, but it takes two never came to Switch. And I I have my thoughts about that, but it wasn't an indie game that made me be like, wow, this really is the indie game itself. Yeah. Um, we also had two indie directs this year. So 
the indie direct that popped up in April, we got Road 96. Um, did you play Road 96? No, I was wondering if it came out. It, yeah, it did. It came out, I believe it came out around, um, I think it came out around D3. Um, it was, it was, it was a good game. It's not my kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, Aerial Knights Never Yield was in that one as well. Um, Endless Runners, I just, I don't really like those kind of games, but man, the music was so good in it yes. that I kept playing it. Um, so that's kind of where I stand with that one. Did you like, you, you played Never Yield, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I, I did love that game. Um, I like the fact that there's a flow to it, and I think I love the flow of the game. The music is fantastic. Such good flow, yeah. You know, yeah, I think that was a game to be like, yeah, you know, even though it's an endless runner, once you get the flow of it and memorize stuff, it just looks so great in motion to watch. Um, yeah, the art the art direction was super cool, too. I, I, yes. It, it was it was a good game. Um, like I said, it's just endless runners aren't for me, unfortunately. Um. The Longing was another one that came out. Uh, that was a game where you kind of... It was like you have 400 real-time days that yes. they gave you. Uh, and you kind of discover secrets and pass time that way. Yeah, uh, I wonder if Jacob was still playing that game. Jacob did I'd play that game. Yeah, we should ask yeah. him about that because I, I didn't play that either. Um. In that direct, uh, we also got the uh, first reveal for Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, uh, which, do we have a release date yet? Next year. Next year? Yeah. Because it got delayed to next year. It was, supposed to, it was supposed to actually come out around this time, but they delayed it to next year. Gotcha. Um, Chris Tales is one that came in. Uh I saw that you have it still in your packaging, and I haven't played it yet. I've heard awesome, awesome things about it. Say here. Yeah, Aztec Forgotten Gods. Oh, that was one that looked really cool. Uh, yes. Did that, did that come out? Um, No, I don't think it has. I it, I think they showed the trailer, and it's, and it's been dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't. I've, I was looking for it and I didn't see anything for it uh, about mm. it. So I'm just like, they must still be in production making this game. Because you know I, it says release date is quarter one, 2022. They had originally wanted it to release in December 2021, uh, mm. but it looks like it got delayed a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that one looks really good, but again, that hasn't come out yet. Um, and then they it looks like they did a sizzle reel of Art of the Rally, Kiwi, Labyrinth City, Weaving Tides, Ender Lilies, Beast of Maravala, The House of the Dead remake. Um, and it also had Fez, uh, which Fez, uh, it's an it's an older game, but that came to Switch this year as well. I really enjoy mm-hmm. Fez, so I bought it. Um, and then that one finished with Oxen Free 2, Lost Signals, uh, which ended up coming out that came out in like September, right? Uh, or did August? It? Did yeah. It uh, let me look this one up. Did you play the first one? 
I have the first one on Xbox. Uh, and I need to go back and finish it. And everybody, everybody's pushing me to finish that game because oh, how weird it is and how spooky it is. Um, oh, I'm sorry, it's not out yet. After Party is the one that came out. Yeah, I feel like there was one that kind of just shadow dropped. Oh, it was Axiom Verge too. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Oxen which I have really cool. some thoughts on. <laughs> Let's hear them. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to. I'm going to say this first. Just uh, I do love. I do like Time Hap. I, I really do. I respect him as a designer, creator. Um, I got to talk to him on World One One podcast about Axiom Verge, and truly, just truly enjoyed his company and discussing that game with them. Um, I. I think Axiom Verse 2 wasn't up to that level of Axiom Virtual 1. And it kind of, it's a little bit it's a little bit challenging, but a little bit more easier. And I feel like it doesn't have a direct it it left me questioning like this game doesn't have a direction to it. It just made me it, it kind of made me puzzle like uh like where were you trying to go with this game? Um like I said, it, it's not a bad game. Um, it just doesn't live to uh, it doesn't live up to what Axiom Verge did, where it had people talking, it had people hoping that, that it comes to Switch, and then you know, yes, they got an exposure on PlayStation, which was confusing at the time of, of its release because they showed the trailer for Axiom Verge two in any direct, but. It's, it got marketed and pushed a lot on PlayStation 4. And even Tom Happ himself said that, you know, uh, he can't wait for it to kind of release the release, but, you know, he wants to release it on the where it started at was on PlayStation 4, which was fine. Because uh, I thought the game actually got delayed for Switch and the, the, the PlayStation 4 version came out. So it was to me, it was a timing thing, a release thing that was weird. But, you know, I think going from a uh, a shooting kind of like uh, gameplay to a melee gameplay, it feels very weird because even some of the hit detection is off where you really got to get close up to an enemy and hit them where they can also hit you back. So it kind of is... It was a it's a weird feeling about this game. It's well made. It's not broken or anything, but I just feel like it didn't live up to what Axiom Verge did. And even with a lot of reviews that came out, they kind of felt like it was an average. It was a it's a good Metroid Metroid style game, but it's not that level of Axiom Verge. And I think Axiom Verge said it at a high point uh, that it just. We don't know if there's ever going to be a game in the Axiom series. If he decides to do a three, that's going to break it and everything. Um, and because this is a prequel to what the first game is, I think a lot of people wish that the game still was where you collect different guns and fought those kind of bosses and just continue the story of one uh, with it. You know, the game came out and I think it left some people disappointed because uh, some people beat it within like a couple of days, within a week. A lot of people felt disappointed in 
you know, Chess really didn't want to continue with the um, with the gang at some points. Um, Chess said that it was okay, but you know, it came out. It didn't. Nobody really talk about it. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, the that's game that's that always expected. Bad sign when <laughs> a game releases and nobody talks about it. Yeah, and people were were was excited for Axiom Verse Two when it got announced. People was excited for this game, and it just didn't do what people. It didn't meet people's expectations, you know, like Metroid Dread did. You know, we looked at Dread and we were just like, oh, we get a new Metroid game, and then it met our expectation. Our ex for some of us, uh, uh, people of that series, it met our expectations and then surpassed it because we didn't know we what we saw with that little piece of point didn't represent what the whole game was because it changed when it came to Metroid Dread. When we saw Axiom Verge, we were excited to play it. We played it, and then it just didn't keep that excitement going, I should mm -hmm. say. Yeah. Um, so you got your Axiom Verge, too. I have my Baldo. <laughs> Uh, oh my god was that the biggest disappointment of a game i've ever ever played uh uh you're familiar with baldo right yes okay so for for those who aren't familiar baldo is a uh it, it, it's a game it's a zelda like game um with pretty much studio ghibli art uh, the art style is beautiful. It looks like it looks like you're playing a Nino Cooney uh, type game, um, yes. and you know it was advertised as kind of the Zelda-like game. Now this game came out insanely broken. Um, I got hard locked out of the first dungeon where I had to like reset the game. Um, now I like. Let me put this out here there too. Like I really, really let a lot of stuff slide with indie games. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if there's frame rate drops or like typos or stuff here and there, like I'm cool with it. I really don't care. But this game is like really, really broken. And what pissed me off about it was the developers were kind of jerks about it too. Um, you know, people were trying to talk to them on Twitter and they were completely ignoring these these bugs and these things that were happening where people would play the game up to a certain point and they couldn't continue because of a bug like you're supposed to lead a skeleton into a cage and it wouldn't go in and people literally couldn't progress in the story so you know on their twitter account they would just be like oh well you know you're supposed to do this at this part. Our game isn't broken when it very clearly was. And then they would kind of just do this slow drip of patches, but not tell you what the patches were. So if you're stuck on this part, you don't even know if the patches worked for that. <laughs> and you have to go to in, into the game and try it again. And if it fails, you're just wasting your time. Um, yeah. You know, like the there was no point in having hearts because you would just get hit by something and it would one shot kill you. And it was this very, very slow draining game over screen. Oh, everything about it was brutal <laughs> and it had so much potential to be such a good game and they just ruined it. Um, and that's like a game. I just, for once in my life, I wish I had my money back from a game. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, did you play that at, or did everybody kind of scare you away from it? I, you and Jacob talked about it, and I was just like, "Yep, I'm not playing this." <laughs> when I, when I heard on how broken it was, and it wasn't just you two. People on it, like you said, people on the internet was talking about how broken this game was. The reviews were for, I think Nintendo Life gave it like a two or something. Like the wow. reviews were not trashing this game. The reviews were uh, showing that this game was a poor quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too bad. Because um, like I said, it had a lot of potential. But you know, moving on because that game really <laughs> upsets everybody. Um, there was like a few that came out that were really good as well. Um, so one of them, which is like a really funny title for a game, um, there was this one called Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Yes. <laughs> it was it's about a two hour game. Um you're like this adorable turnip um who you know didn't pay his taxes and you go around f- solving puzzles and um try to take down the government. It's it's a really cute game. It's probably like only four or five hours. I really, really had fun playing this game. Yeah. Did you uh, for, did you play that? No, I have not. Uh, reason why? Because I had picked up Garden Story instead. Mm, that was the next one I was going to bring up. What did you think of that? I love it. It's so charming. Um, I love the 16-bit like style and graphics, and the music is phenomenal in this game. It's so relaxing. Uh, it's a little bit funny here and there, and it it just got me into the groove of loving this like strategy action game you know assimilation with like planning stuff like i really enjoy garden story i love it uh i i i couldn't believe that um i would love like a sim game mixed with an rpg uh action rpg that this game provided so yeah garden story i truly love i enjoyed it Yeah, that's that's gonna be one I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up. Um, so this one's probably my favorite game that came out this year, and I know you have opinions on it. Um, but I really, really loved Eastward. <laughs> uh, East Eastward is a game that came out from Chucklefish. Chucklefish yes. does. Uh, oh, they did Wargroove. They did. Um, what else did they do? Uh, I believe they did. They did, did something. They do Star... Did they do Star? Uh, uh, they can have it. Yeah, now I'm blanking. They made they made a couple of really good games. Um, I mean, they were Stardew Valley, weren't they? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so they did Star Stardew Valley. Uh, Wargroove is my favorite game by them. Um, but yeah, they came out with Eastward, which is kind of like the Zelda uh, mother hybrid. Or Yes. Um, uh, what, what's, the, what's the name of mother on Earthbound? Earthbound. It's like an Earthbound. Earthbound slash Zelda mix. Um, 
the the art style was really cool the gameplay was fun um i really i really loved just like the charm of it um what did so give us your opinions on this one ed so i trust me i enjoy eastward i love what the what it went for i think the only problem that i have with this game was the hit detection of that pen <laughs> of the main <laughs> character like everything else like i, okay, I you're not love <laughs> like i love the artwork i love the music the dialogue is funny i love the characters um i love how you know how live the city is and i like how it looks you know kind of jaunty with you know and pretty with these colors but it's actually dark it has a dark story to it mm-hmm. and it I don't want to ruin it, but it's just like I love when this game is in motion. It's just like I really wish that I didn't have to use this small weapon to use for uh, my melee attack. I wish that you were able to get more weapons for a game like this and something with a bigger hit detection. Um, but other than that, I enjoy Eastward. I love it. Yeah, it, it was so much fun. Um, I, I still haven't finished it, though. I've been getting super, super sidetracked uh, with with other games. Um, yes. So what, what's your favorite indie of this year? So, uh, goodness, I, I don't know if I could call this an indie, but okay. I, it's Voice of Cards. Even though it's for Square Enix, yeah. that's and, and that's why I say I, I know I can't call it an indie because of it's only seven chapters. It's kind of a short game. Um, yes, it came from third party, uh, but you know there's no physical or anything with it. I think I love it because it. I I feel like it's an indie game in a sense because it's from a smarter team, a Square Enix, <laughs> and. I think I love the story. I love the narration. I love the music is phenomenal. Like I said, it may be one of the best soundtracks that I heard of 2021. And I I took photos of it. I was laughing with this game, but I was so intrigued. The battles were easy to get into. Like it it really felt like my first RPG of 2021. Uh, people want to get into card-based games or RPGs in general. There was such a nice balance to this that I can't really say anything like truly, truly bad about this game. Yes, it has some problems here and there, but I kind of feel like it was like a great indie game even though it's not <laughs> a true indie game i feel like it was a great one if i really had to look at a indie game it's streets of rage 4 and it's the mr x nightmare is that a is that a indie it's game dlc it's, it's dlc um i i'm still playing it it's kind of addictive in a sense uh, I, I'm trying to go through which one. Like, I, I think if I had, because you see, it's that was the, that's the thing about indie games this year. It's like there wasn't a standout, a standout for me. And I yeah. think that was, you know, I, I will say Eastward is probably the leading one. That if I had to go there with it, but it's so it's so hard to really say what was that indie game. 
like I said, I could I could go for my kind of class. I could go from from Gree. I could go the Gardens between. Like I really put out some hit indie games, and just like this year, I can't do nothing. I have to give it to for me personally, Voice of Cards, and yes, like I said, that is from Square Enix, but it it kept me. It it it. I was engaged. I want to talk more about this game. I want people to play it. I'm, I'm ranting and raving about this game. And mm. I kind of, and it, that's why it's kind of hard to be like, what was the indie game? Because Action Verse 2 let me down. You know, yeah. um, uh, which there's another one. Um, Lost Words, there was a game that I seen on PlayStation that looked like it was really fun that came out uh, this year. That let me down, you know. Uh, there was uh, um, uh, uh, Kitaru, something like that. Uh, where is it? Uh, uh, Kitaria Tales. That looked like a great oh, Zelda game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kitaria you know, Fables. Kitaria Fables. Fables, yeah. That looked like that was a great game. Oh, you want to know what game that really did it? I'm sorry. I do know a game that really stood out. And I love Eastward, but I had to give it to Cyber Shadow. Oh, what's Cyber, Cyber Shadow? Shadow? Cyber Shadow, it was uh, that Ninja game that had that 8-bit. Uh, it was published by um, um, not ready for it. Uh, the people who did Shovel Knight. Uh, it was published by them. Uh, so Cyber Shadow. Uh, I'm, oh, Yacht uh, Club Games. Yacht Club Games. Yes. Uh, this one was like a two D. It wasn't. It, it had some kind of Metroid. Some some back. It had backtracking to it, but it wasn't a Metroid style game. It was kind of like reminiscent of Ninja Gaiden, where the action is like fun. You you get so into it. Um. Uh. Sorry about that. I'm just trying to look up the developer of it. Uh, and it, it's kind of, it's just such a great game. Um, uh, it's too, like I said, it's 2D sprite based. Um, the way that it flows, like you could jump, it, it, it's, it's weird because it's easier and in the beginning you get all of these powers. Um, you are a ninja who ends up becoming a cyborg. Uh, and you kind of gotta uh, stop this enemy for taking over the world and everything. Um, and I, I was so enraptured into this game that I, it is hard. It gets challenging at the end. The first like four or five levels, you could breeze through it with ease. But then it gets very challenging because you don't get no more powers. You have everything, so now you gotta uh, like time stuff and. Um, but it's fun when you're on a motorcycle. It's fun when you're in this mechanical thing. But you gotta time your jumps. You gotta know the patterns. You gotta be aware of everything. You gotta make sure that you got on the the right uh, superpowers uh, and stuff. And the thing I I love this game. And the thing that it was missing was the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that it. And I beat the game. I, I got a review of it on uh, Boss Rush that you guys can read. It is such a phenomenal game that I wish that it had a better soundtrack. That's the only problem. It it has some great rock tunes to it, but every but when I play it, 
I think of if you replace this game with Batman's soundtrack from the NES by Sunsoft and you put it into this game, it would be a perfect 10. Mm. Wow. It's that's, so it's a that's, uh, <laughs> that's that's high praise. It's very high price. And like like I said, the game is going to challenge you. It's going to kick your tail. But it's a phenomenal game. It, it, and like like I said, the game does get challenging. But if you stick to it, you take a break and you learn and everything, it really tests your platforming and ninja skills to it. And when I say your ninja skills, your the skills that you acquired to be like almost the ultimate ninja in this game. If you could like time stuff and make sure and be patient with stuff and take your time with it you'll definitely enjoy this game it's it's so so good um and nice. it came out in january yeah you know yeah. so i i would say if i had to go with the indie game outside of the cars in eastward it would definitely be cyber shadow okay is there any indie game that you haven't played that released in 2021 that you want to play oh uh, has there been anyone um oh uh, goodness i i think tetris well tetris effect would be one of them um <laughs> uh, road 96 uh i want to play um Ali Ali World is coming later on in uh in December and 12 minutes is coming out in December. Yeah. Um so that I can definitely wait for. Um but other than that, you know, I didn't get to play Disco Elysium. Oh, is that an indie game? That is an indie game. It came out on PC and it came out on PlayStation, but it was supposed to come out in June for Switch. And it got delayed. So it just came out like I think in September. And I didn't get a chance to pick it up. Because the physical one is coming out next year. But I think I'm going to jump in and get the digital version. It's a gotcha. game that I've, I've been hearing great praise about this game. And I've been wanting to play it. So <laughs> definitely uh, uh, Disco Elysium is the game that I want to play. Nice. For um, The two I want to play are... First one is Kiwi. Um, this is the one where you're like, uh, you're a Kiwi bird and you have to get the mail going. It's like you you yeah. work in a mail room. <laughs> um, that one just like, it looks really, really funny and, uh, you know, just doesn't take itself too, too seriously, but still fun at the same time. Uh -huh. um, and it's a co-op game too. So I think it'd be fun to play, play that co-op. Um, and then the other one is... Uh, think you pronounce it hoa h-o-a yeah, yes oh man this game looks really really cool uh i have I, I have it on my switch i haven't started yet same i bought it and i just haven't started it yet it's like a beautiful uh uh puzzle platformer that i just like it, it, it looks like my kind of game i love like the hand-drawn art and all of that um yes. Yeah, and then I think this game came out this year as well. Another game that I had picked up and haven't played yet is Astria Ascending. It's a JRPG yeah. that is hand-drawn art, so I'm like really, really ready to play this game too. But 
Uh, I just need a little break from JRPGs after Shin Megami Tensei. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chicory is the one I have not played. Oh, I love Chicory. Um, what, that's not on Switch yet, though, is it? It's not, no, it's not on Switch yet, but I cannot... That's. I know people was just like, you need to play this game because you played it, Dan. You're like, Ed, you need to play this. And I, I, I loved to... Chicory. It was so, so good. Yeah. So, um, and Toem, uh, Photo Adventure, uh, photos, uh, what is it? Uh, Toem, a Photo Adventure. I have, I waited, I got to buy. And That's that black and, and white game, right? Yes. Yeah, that looked cool. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much, I think I'm gonna skip Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. I know that's supposed to be coming, but I think I'm gonna hold off on that one until I hear, hear more about it and everything. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't heard anything about that too, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, I know it comes out, I think next week or two weeks and everything. So I think I'm gonna wait for the review, uh, for it and everything. But yeah, that's that's pretty much a lot of the indie stuff. Like, I I just don't know. I I, I don't I don't know what happened to the indie games this year. I know they're there, and I know I probably am missing some that I need to go play. I picked a boyfriend dungeon. It was oh, okay. that's another one I keep forgetting to bring up. Uh, yeah, that was okay. It was okay. Yeah, it's 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 a fine game. Um, I think I I was taken in by the trailer, uh, for it. But you know, it's it's kind of fine. Um, yeah. And I I wanted to say Ghost of God's Goblins Resurrection, but that's Capcom. That's yeah. the same vein as Voice of Cards, so I'm, I'm not going to even touch that. Uh, but yeah, Boyfriend Dungeon was okay. Right. Um, I know. I, I I don't know. Like. I, I feel like I feel like you and I love and appreciate indies more than most people too. And even after just like reading off all these games, we're both kind of just like, uh, nothing really blew our minds, right? Where I yeah. feel like there's always been like two or three games where I just cannot stop talking about it. And it yes. just didn't happen this year. Even as much as I loved Eastward um and Tetris Effects, like I it, nothing really just stuck with me. Like I don't feel the need to go back and play any indie game that I've played this year. Yeah, it's it's just like I think it's like once you get the experience of it, what what is the reason to go back? You know, if you're missing something. Now, of course, if you're playing on other platforms, you might want to do the achievements and stuff. Um, you know what? I I do want to play Unsighted. I missed that one. Uh, what's that? It's a top-down like Zelda game. Um, I heard a lot of good things. It's kind of action-packed and everything. Uh, there is a demo of it, um, so you can't give it a try. I don't know if it, I, it, it may have came out this year, but people are just starting talking about it, um, uh, about that game. And it looks kind of cool, uh, to play. So, um, I only played the demo. I have not, uh, purchased the game yet. Uh, but I think I think that's one that you would kind of like. Uh, yeah, it's a demo that's out right now that you can that you could try. Uh, I think there is a game called Mighty Goose, and you you're a goose that plays like Contra. 
What? <laughs> yeah, it came out for Switch. Uh, it's a uh, it's a runner gun. Uh, a run a runner gun thing. I'm looking on the Nintendo eShop. I'm trying to uh, get the name of it, but it's called Mighty Goose, I think. It's called uh, Mighty Goose. It doesn't look like it's on Switch yet. Hmm. Hold on. Yeah, it's Mighty Goose. Oh, it is. It is. It came out in June. Yes. So that's the one I want to play. I heard a lot of great (laughs) things. This looks ridiculous. It is. And it's literally up my alley of of running gun shoot 'em up games. And I think that's a, think that's a game that I need to pick up. Um, that I'm probably gonna I will wait for a sale for it. Um, but at twenty bucks, that's not a bad price um, for it. No, not at all. So, uh, anything else there? No, I mean I think I'm pretty much uh, square. I think you know. I think it just goes without saying it was just kind of a soft year for indie games. Um, but I do hope to see, I, I, I do hope to see more come out, you know, have a little better representation next year. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I feel like it didn't push the industry this year. Uh, I know that was the second part. Um, you know, yeah. Like I said, we got a lot of diversity. We got like never yield and some other, you know, a lot of, games from around the world i think once again I, what i love about the indie direct or the indie world showcases is that they are showing these creators from france or spain um around the country that are making these games and giving them a spotlight and people are, are looking forward to it uh, so that's a good thing to push but I'm, i think there needs to be some games that really push indie games for us to talk about like uh I heard one that's called unpacking, uh, where your job is to unpack and put uh, stuff in the right places. And they say it's a calming game. I'm just like, well, that sounds kind of cool and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, I want something to be like, man, they really pushed the envelope and stuff. This really touched <clears throat> my soul. This, this really, you know, they did something cool with this artwork, and I can't wait to see what they do more for it. Um, because I think there's one called Bomb City Cyberfunk, and this it feels like Jet Set Radio, mm. but I want to see where it stands out against Jet Set Radio, and if it gives me that good feel, I'm like, okay, you guys are starting the year or whatever with this game. Let's see how far far more you can go. Because I do also want to play Neon White when that comes out. That's a game that I'm looking forward to. Who who is that made by? Oh, I wrote about it and I cannot think of it. Because they made, oh, they were made by, is it Edip- Oh, you know who they were made by? Ben Esposito. He's the guy who did Donut County. This is like a total yeah. 180 from Donut County. Yeah, and the game looks, am- dude, the cover art in the game looks amazing. I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to play this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, so I I guess uh, pretty much I think that's going to be it for uh, Doc Mo. Where let's get into playing with power, Dan. 
let's let's touch a little bit on Shin Megami Tensei Five. Oh, how, how much time do we have? How how amazing is this game? <laughs> it's it is unbelievable. Um, the gameplay loop is so addicting. I can't get enough of it. Um, even though the story is quite light um, story wise, like. I just can't stop like thinking about exploring and fusing uh, demons and just you know getting to the next spot. Like I, I, I'm I'm totally hooked. It's it's dug its claws into me. I'm I'm hooked. I'm about I'd say 35 hours in, and oh, I'm in wow. the third section of it. Uh, I've been I've been playing a lot, a lot, a lot of Shimagami Tensei. Where where are you in the game? So I uh just got Nico Shoga. He is the cat <clears throat> that you fuse. And um I'm just I'm still kind of like in the beginning getting into the tower. Um and the reason why it's taking me longer, I've been grinding like crazy in this game. Nice. Like trying to find the trying to find the weaknesses, trying to uh, you know find out what powers I could use, trying to get my character energy up because I'm playing on normal and these enemies take off a lot of energy. Like they're like I need to. The way that it works is that when you go up a level, you get some skill points that you could place in, so you can put in the attack and your vitality your luck, your evade, you can do all of this stuff and put it in. And I've been trying to, like, get my vitality and attack in, and I need to start working on my evade and everything, because you really don't get no armor in this game. You don't get no armor, and you don't get no other weapon in this game. Right. You literally fight with what you just start, out, start the game out with. Yeah, and, you know, I kind of learned a little bit further into the game that, like, you know, the demons that travel with you, they don't level up with you, right? So it's like, you can't get attached to any of these demons that you have. Like, you have to keep consistently fusing to have these demons that are the same mm -hmm. level as you. Um, so it's like, it, it, it's just kind of this crazy grind and nonstop, just, <laughs> like again gameplay loop of like getting these demons and then going into boss battle with different things um and like i'm starting to use buffs right now too and like uh -huh. I have a whole different strategy with trying to find like what buff weaknesses there's and then you know put them to sleep and then stack up my attack and stack down their defense and just wail on bosses that way. So, like, there's just so much to do. <laughs> Shoot. I'm just trying to talk to them sometimes, just be like, okay, it's a risk reward thing. Cause sometimes when you talk to them, they'll be like, nah, you're not good. I'm gonna hit you right now. But I'm like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like, and there, there, one of them, I think it was the Shogun Cat. Uh, I had to sacrifice, it, it was some enemy that I had to sacrifice uh, some items, my life, and some money just to get him on my side. Yeah, yeah. And that happens more and more often, like, the further you go into the game. And, oh my god, like, they're fleecing me for money. Like, I'm talking, some of them are charging me almost 9,000 maca. <laughs> like, yeah. 
to be in their parties, and they're such jerks about it too, which is kind of funny. <laughs> and that's the one thing you have to pay to heal. You can you can say it for free, but you gotta pay to heal. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious? Ah. Uh. And, and and everybody, we are going to have a greater conversation about this with uh, uh, game game rants uh, on uh, Grayson Morales, uh, friends who boss rush, and I should say, <laughs> uh, we're gonna have him on, and we're gonna deep dive in this game because he's been playing it too, and he has a lot of thoughts. Like he can't wait to talk about this game. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Grayson and I have been talking to each other about this game like since the first weekend, so it's gonna be. <laughs> if you guys are playing Shimagami Tensei next week, is gonna be an awesome awesome episode and i hope by then i'm gonna be close to beating it yes uh anything else you've been playing with power yeah i'm on the last uh i'm on the last dungeon in ocarina of time i'm in ganon's castle so i'm very excited to beat that uh like i've been saying before you know i hadn't played ocarina of time in years maybe 10 to 15 years. I can't remember. Uh, such a masterpiece. It's been so much fun. Um, like we talked about at the top of the hour was uh, Tetris Effect, which has been a, g- a good game. I'm really enjoying that. Um, and I've been playing Animal Crossing a little bit too. I've been getting back into my island, um, doing some projects here and there, but I haven't been playing as much since Shimagami Tensei's out because that's pretty much taken all of my uh, attention, and I'm just about to finish Picross S3 and move on to Picross S5. So yes. that's it for me. Uh, for me, uh, playing Shin Megami Tensei 5, uh, you know, getting further into that, I'm going to be dedicating a lot of time to that. Uh, pick the back up Axiom Verse 2 to make some progress. Um, I'm going to be having a discussion with that uh, in a couple of weeks with a fellow friend of mine. Uh, we're going to uh, just like like truly discuss that game. Uh, getting a little bit more into Streets of Rage 4, getting up my uh, players. Death's Door is good. <laughs> I, I want to am- play that. Oh, Dan, it is so good. It's my number six Game of the Year nomination. It's, 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 I, I, the way that, you know, getting into it is funny as ever. But man, the fights are so good. It's very, it's challenging, but it's not like it's gonna, uh, you know, I'm so frustrated with this game. It's nothing like that. It's just so good to play this game. Like, I'm definitely enjoying it. And, uh, I I talked to Jesse about it from Arsenal X, and we just had, like, a good 35-minute conversation. And I was just like, dude, I, I, I'm probably gonna end up buying it on Xbox too, um, so I could get the achievements for it. I was just like, man, now I understand why it's one of those games that I feel like everybody must get. It is so so good, and when I found out that it came to Switch, I was so happy to play it. Um, and then I was just like, hope this game get a physical. That's how I was waiting for. Like I told Jesse, I am buying this game. I can't wait to play it. 
But I can't wait to get the physical because this looks just up my alley and then seeing the artwork and I'm like, oh, yes, this is this has my name on it. So, yeah, uh, I'm truly enjoying this game. Uh, last but not least, Pokemon Diamond. Uh, I beat two gyms. I'm at the third gym getting my Pokemon uh, Pokemon up like once again when I get to the phase of the grinding it makes the game longer because I will put in the work to get through this game and everything who's but your I'm, party right now uh so um my party because it's uh, uh let me bring it up real quick and who is I, your starter uh uh the uh, tur- uh torture the Was turtle it? turtle, the turtle yes Yes. I uh, haven't played I, it I, yet. I'm ready to get started with it. So I'm grass type all the way. So any Pokemon game that I play, anything that is related to grass, uh, I I pick up and play. And like I said, I had Diamond back in when it came to the uh, DS, when it came out. So I originally had the game. Um, so my starter lineup is... Uh, so you, everybody's going to have to forgive me because I <laughs> nickname everybody. Uh, so Corey, not the Corey that not our not boss, um, but uh, I have uh, uh, goodness, what is it? Um, my my Corey, he's the starter. He's uh, uh oh, there we go. Um, sorry about that. I got uh, Grotto. Uh, he was he's evolved from the starting Pokemon. I have uh, Pet uh, Chisu. Uh, it's a electric type. He looks like a squirrel uh, with these uh, spikes on his head. He's white, like very cute. I have uh, Star uh, uh, Star uh, uh, Uh He is a bird type from Stardy. Uh, he's normal flying. I have Gio dude, which uh, Dan, that's who you are. You're stone, uh, <laughs> nice. but you got muscles and everything. Uh, I got Luxio, uh, which is Jacob, uh, and then uh, I got uh, Buzel, um, which is a a friend of mine that I call Dave. Um, you know, he's he looks like a weasel in the sense with the uh, he's water type. Uh, so I'm sure he'll find that starters. flattering. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, those are my six, and like they're all my leading Pokemon, uh, which I say is Corey. Uh, he's at level twenty six. So uh, four more levels, he'll hit thirty and everything. And so uh, that's who I'm starting with. Uh, I do have Pearl. So I'm keeping, I'm playing Diamond on my old Switch, and I'm gonna play Pearl on my old I bought, I bought Diamond. So if you want to trade, I'll be able to, I'll be able to trade with you. Oh, anytime. Let me know whatever you need. But like uh, I said, I gotta finish Shimigami Tensei before I like do anything else. You do. I, I, I'm with you right there. Uh, I got. It's literally. Uh, Pokemon Shimagami Tensei right by each other. <laughs> Listen, so nice, but yeah, that's what I've been playing with, Pablo. Everybody, that is going to be the show. Uh, once again, thank you, Dan, for joining me on this episode. Quickly, where can we find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at DCDM99, and you can check out all my articles on BossRush.net. Yes, you guys can find me on Twitter at that retro code. You can also check my articles at BossRush.com. Uh, um, I ended up writing about uh, the, um, the, the, uh, shoot, forgot it, <laughs> the Smash <laughs> League uh, coming to America, them teaming up. So you guys can give, uh, read that. And I'll have soon have some benches and stuff up later on. Uh, but with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Uh, let us know what you guys think about Shin Megami Tensei. You can uh, let us know at Block. Uh, podcast on Twitter. Uh, we do definitely want to hear from you guys and also check us out on our Discord page. With that, everybody, have a great week, have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time on Nintendo Pod Block. Bye, everybody. See ya. Woohoo!